There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome, Ori and Julia show, My Talk 1071, Everything Entertainment, it's your hump day edition. And uh, baggage has been collected from Carousel 12, so that means that, uh, what's her name again, Julia? Lorraine! Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, okay, come on, luggage, get down the belt fast. (laughs) I just decided I didn't want to take the 6 a.m. flight home, and I took the 920. Yes. You know, just because my mom and I were at Donnie Marie last night. Okay, how was that? Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, they changed their show. Yes. It's fresh. So if you've seen it before, you maybe haven't seen this version. Because I think I went with my mom like four years ago. It was so fun. She wears the most amazing clothes. And they just have the hottest dancers. And, you know, they took turns doing their story. She did her opera, but, oh, she had the most amazing clothes. She talked about the talk. Oh, that she's, that job. did she? Is she excited? She's very excited. What did Donnie say? And Donnie is just excited to, you know, I mean, they just give it their all on their performances. They are 100%. Yeah. They're 200% professional. Yeah. It's although, amazing. Although I felt like for the first day you were there with us because when we landed in Vegas, it was windy it was cold and it was like like 25 degrees less than it usually is. So mm. we just kind of, you the know. The cloud of Julia. Yeah, the How cloud lovely. of Julia. What a lovely thought. Yeah, I know. But Very I was like. You laughed. Yeah. And so we're, we just kind of, you know, did a little gambling at the Bellagio. And that night we were seeing Pitbull over at the Zappos Theater Planet Hollywood. Packed. You, the, the ladies were dressed to impress. So much cleavage, so much high heels, so much spandex. How fun. It was really fun. Oh, how fun. And of course, you know. Did you have good seats? We had, yeah, there really isn't a bad seat in that yeah. theater because it's kind of low and everything. That's where Britney performed. Everything, it kind of gradually goes up. So it was a good, good time. And uh, there was no one at the end of our row. So me and my big shoulder. Yeah, contraption, my sofa. Getting hit. Yeah, I told everyone I bumped into you not once but twice a chair, and then um, a friend that I did it on purpose, and I thought that's it. I'm <laughs> at it. I thought, of course I did. Why wouldn't I? Well, it's yeah, hard I to mean, go out in public with that thing. It very much is. It and needs to be neon. She, uh, yeah, it does. And she, you know, then having seen Cher and her fabulous per- oh, concert the night you before, really have been I've been on, on a, a music palooza. But when we left Planet Hollywood. Um, we had something to eat at that 24 hour, you know, place in Planet Hollywood. And then when we walked out the doors, it, the strip was absolutely empty. 
and wind and palm fronds and things where it was oh, like, like a 85 an miles an hour wind and it felt like Arctic wind. And, and you know, my mom can't walk that fast. <laughs> like, Mooty, come she on. She needs all 40 seconds to cross. Yeah. You know, they give oh, you 40 yeah. seconds to cross. <laughs> she needs every one it's of those like 40. eight or 10 lanes, so you can understand it. But yes, we your friend needed that too when we were with her. Yeah. So anyway, but then uh, Monday and Tuesday, it was like 75 and sunny. Nice. And we found corners at the pool that were kind of, that were just warm. Right. Yeah. So we did lay out for... For two days. Well, I said to everyone when I saw Celine Dion and, and James Corden pontooning around the lake oh, in front of the Bellagio. I that. There we I were. I told everyone you were there. Oh, yeah. I'm I did, but I did. posted on Instagram. I mean, that was like the coolest thing ever. Can you imagine just walking by and seeing them out on a pontoon Well, I boat? guess people didn't realize it was really Celine. Well, of course not. They had no idea. And then the song, and then they did a special fountain. And the fountain, it, it's spectacular. Yeah. yeah. It was spectacular. Okay, so then so the then, gambling machines, what's the hot machine? Well, I won a $228 Progressive uh, on Sex and the City. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of exciting, and I only put like half of it back in. So I actually came home with $100. That's good. Yeah, and right. uh, you know, it was packed. It was There was, was some it? kind of re... The first day we got there, it was Electronic Daisy Convention, which basically is a lot of young people wearing fishnets and neon-colored wigs and kind of... Just very clownish in the okay. attire, and it was cold. That was the last day of the electronic that, daisy convention, and then the whatever the, that whatever means. that Donnie, means. look it up. Would you electronic daisy convention? So we exactly know it's a music thing. Oh, it That's, is. Yeah. Okay. And then there was a retail convention, and at the convention center, and I have never honestly. I thought I was in Vancouver or London or New York or Chicago. There were so many beautiful men in suits and the the fit is tight in the pants yes, a is. little above the ankle no sock fitted tight blazer Love it. Love v-necks it. It was, all my stuff yeah it was oh, gosh it was just like and in winter a good old turtle even my mom's neck was hurting from looking I yeah. love it. Yeah. I so. love it. And then we had to go but we had to go shopping of course because we misjudged the weather and we were both cold. And then I misjudged things I thought I could get over my head and on my arm. So I'm wearing a lovely Las Vegas sweatshirt. I, I actually kind of <laughs> you always come home with like Elvis bedazzled on a hat or Las Vegas but that thing so you're in your your thing you had your surgery what, 2 weeks, two ago, weeks now, ago yeah. and you're going to be in that for another month. At least. Is that what it is? Yeah. That it, it's I, really rock blocking my beauty and clothing uh, routine. We already I, we I, already discussed it though before you got here. Yeah, because you're s- sailing in to work. Yeah, four minutes before the show. Yeah, I like. I said, that. well, I bet tomorrow. Guess what? Lori has on her docket, and Donnie said, oh, here, blow up, yeah. blow up. And yes. I said, Nailed and I'm it. sure she's going to Crutchfield Medi Spa too <laughs> for a facial either tomorrow or Friday yep. to get ready for the weekend. And then they we oh you know me well we know her oh, so well we and Donnie do. said and a massage so we were and wondering I did say a massage oh, that's on Saturday I, yeah, that's see? what I told him and it's two hours on Saturday I told him this and I, I just know. couldn't stop laughing and I thought damn girl yeah, yeah. damn but right, really so, to just to get dressed and try like even, even I know, when I wore like, a you're shirt, so uncomfortable I all my none of my clothes they they're they don't. It's They're uncomfortable to have one arm and just have always carrying that weight around. Yeah. It looks uncomfortable, Lori. Yeah. That's why I do think, though, because we're going to be around a lot of people this weekend, you might have to carry out with you our little Russian. I'm going to have to put Boris the Russian yeah. asset back in my shoulder. He's going to need to be carried with you because yes. 
People don't know, but it was packed. It was the town was packed. The Bellagio was packed. Okay, I've tell me never, about what the gardens were. What was, was the theme? Uh, it was the theme was um, uh, cherry blossom in in Japan. So they had like a temple that's a replica of Osaka. They had all these butterflies that are made with thousands and thousands of carnations and oh, roses. Beautiful. And then they had these big, um, whatever the, you know, the Chinese or Japanese. Temples, temples, or something? arches come up, and oh. they they had all these cherry blossom trees in the atrium. That really is amazing. Danny, have you been to the you've been to the Bellagio, oh, right? Yeah. yeah, that that is so lovely. Yeah, didn't the lady tell us they spend like a million dollars yes. a week on flowers? Yes, and they come every night, and they you know t- they take up the carpet and clean it. Yes, because we saw a lot of that when I was there with my mom a yeah. while back. Yeah, 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 a lot of that was going on. Well, so. Yeah, it was, so you had fun. Yeah, it was it was really fun, and it was just a little you know a little Mom's Day celebration with the Mutti. How fun! Yeah. I'm glad you're back though. Okay, so when we come back, um, David Piner, am I saying it? Piner, 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 Piner from Solasim yeah, is calling in. Okay, well, and he wants <laughs> to talk it. to us. It's about time he's on our show. Really? But something really cool is happening today, and you're going to say, "Oh my God, am I that old?" When we come back. Today the sun has come out. We saw it a couple times. Keep really? your fingers crossed. Not now. We might say more. <laughs> Jeez, I've spent. It's going to rain for like the next three days. Well, and twenty-five degrees less of a temperature for you. I mean, oh, it's usually high eighties, nineties, not seventies and sixties. That'd be like I was going. So you're right. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> I have taken in, put out, put out, taken, put out my Mandeville. So many times. Oh. And I have three of them, and I've been wrapping them around my steps, you know? And I'm just finally give up. Yeah. I'm just like, you're staying out there. Has it there. gone to freezing? Has it been it's been like, so cold. Not freezing. Not it not snowed freezing. on Sunday. Oh. oh, it did? Yeah. Offer. So we're not going to talk about that, but where <laughs> right. were you in 1993? I know where we were. We were at Carlson Companies. Mm-hmm. I was getting married, or I had just gotten married. And I was just getting divorced. You were? And involved in several breakneck relationships, in quotations. <laughs> and I remember when one you had to travel for. That's right. Mm-hmm. I remember this very clearly. It was a good year. It was a fun year. So in 1993, Soul Asylum came out with their hit, Runaway Train. Great now, album. Here, Here's the, that big song from it. Call you up in the middle of the night Like a firefly I feel like everyone kind of knows that hit. And if you remember, he was dating Winona Ryder and we were feeling Minnesota because she was, you saw them at a movie. Down at the Walker when they would do the movies in August with a band. And she just looked like a China doll sitting next to the tree. She was so tiny and translucent. Yes. I remember when you saw yeah, her. Yeah. Talking, okay, in this song, everyone love, love, love. They were on Saturday Night Live. But here, here's a couple cool things about it. So, um, David Pierner. Perner. Perner. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I don't know why. <laughs> he lives in New Orleans, I think. Does he? I think so, yeah. Um, he has talked, because it's been 25 years since the original video and song and album were released. And he said about that song, um, he said... When he wrote the song, it was about his own despair. 
The song, though, took on a universal message through its Tony Kaye-directed music video, which featured footage of real-life missing children in the hopes that they would be spotted via the video and returned to their homes. That that. Mm -hmm. was a huge success, both in terms of airplay. It was MTV's, where in 1993, Mm -hmm. number six music video for the entire year. Mm -hmm. And in terms of achieving the purpose, 21 of the 36 missing kids that were featured in the video were located and recovered. Wow. Now over a quarter century later, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children and an ad agency, MHVCCP, has revived the song in a video concept that is just out today, and we posted it on the Lori and Julie page, and it's runawaytrain25.com. But we also have it posted. It's a redo Starring the trio of acclaimed singer-songwriters, Jamie and Common, Skylar Gray, and Gallant, and, and David. Um, the new video can be viewed, I just told you, but it uses geo-targeting technology to change the footage featured in the video depending on where it's being watched from. So... If so you're like in New Orleans, them? it'll be different kids that are oh, missing, I see, depending I see. on where yeah, you are location, geographically. Yeah. Got it. Oh. Got and it. so it's changed, and it makes it very easy to share the video, to report the video if you know anything on it. Um, and they go on to say, this video is a game changer, said the head of the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children president. And he said it highlights critical issues with runaways that they face every day and will show real pictures of missing children. By creating and sharing this video, everyone has the ability to make a difference in their community. It's very cool. So yeah. Runaway Train, the new Runaway Train, more of an acoustic version, was debuted today on Billboard. And there's a little interview with David that I'll get to. But um, he's really excited about it. He's, you know, And they asked him, do you think it'll be more effective today than it was two and a half decades ago? And he said, uh, my tour manager, Jeannie, just brought the new thing to me, an acoustic version that someone kind of wrote and the ad agency's idea a couple days ago. And it's also cool that they came to to us. They asked for permission to make the video. And um, when we were making the video, he hooked up with this guy, blah, 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 blah. But he said it was interesting because in 1993, Amber Alerts did not yet exist. Wow. And I also... Never mind. I'm not going to say it. Um, No, it's. I don't think it's true. Okay. Because I was thinking it was when Jacob Wetterling was abducted, but I think that was before that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's what I thought. And he said, um, you know, he said it was amazing that all this awareness was created via the video MTV platform. Katie Kirk even called the interview him, he said. Oh, gosh. And he said it was, you know, rock videos just got more and more play and they were more and more shallow, but he wanted to do something that had an impact because he wrote this song about despair mm-hmm. and so he said the song you know do you, the inter- i'm bradley trainer and i'm don mcclain we have a podcast called blinded by the item a blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out it's a guessing game and you can play along the item might be like this a-list star carries a birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. If you ask them, do you feel like the song is a part of you or it doesn't belong to you or whose song is it? And he said... It just means other things to other people's. It's an emotional kind of song. When I sing it, it's definitely mine and ours. And I feel like it was adapted for a good reason. It's not like someone took it away from me. 
And he said there have been times that people have used it for comedic effect. Weird Al Yankovic, we couldn't find it, his version that he did. And also, um, what's that? Sunny on, Always Sunny in Philadelphia yeah, used yeah, yeah. it once. And he's, then they're asking, are you surprised that it's still relevant 25 years later? And he just said, um, no, every time I sing it, people stop. They sing along. They take out their phones, which I don't understand. Yeah. Right. And videotape it. But it's still there. And he said, is there one in, image from the original video that still s- sticks with you? He said, it's just the hand opening with different colored candy in it. For some reason to him, that image is visual because it's bait for the kid and it's kind of symbolic. Yeah. So I just thought, and he said, do you think the power of Twitter and all the social media can have the same impact? And he said, I think it's going to be greater. Yeah. I'm so excited about this. And um, what are Soul Asylum's plans? I would like to know. They're planning a new album for this fall. Everybody's excited about it. I think we have enough material, which is kind of decided by the entire band. I just keep writing, he said, David Pierner. Um, enough for the record. We've got to get some artwork out. It should be good. And he says, when I listen, I think, mm, this is different in a good way. So he says, we're mix and misses. We're trying to decide which 12 sons will make it, blah, blah, blah. But now here's the new version. And the video is really cool, you guys. It's so cool that they found 20, what? 21 of the 36 yeah, kids that they amazing. featured in the video that's have been... 60% never that's, knew that. That's, yeah, huge. that's huge. Okay, so here's the new version of it. Call you up in the middle of the night Like a firefly without a light You were there like a blowtorch burning Was a key that could use a little turn So tired that I couldn't even sleep so many secrets I couldn't keep Promise myself I wouldn't leave One more promise I couldn't keep It seems no one can mm, I like it. Oh, I do too. Really good. And on the video, it features him singing and the three other musicians that are singing with him, and then it starts featuring the missing people. And Adagio Telario or something... I'm so bad at pronouncing things. I'm so sorry. But she's been missing since June of 2018 from Goleta Beach, California. And it shows a picture of her and where she's from. And then it'll go on and on. I mean, this is powerful stuff. I'm very impressed. Me too. And that version of it is so good. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, very nice. I like it like that. You know how to act slow motion for me. Yeah, so all the time, they don't play that often here, but when they do, I mean, the tickets sell out. Like at First Avenue and stuff, and it just goes, doesn't it? Yeah. I just think, wow, that's going to be a good new song for us, Laura. Yeah, I really like it. I, I, like I it. And I also really liked uh, that Donnie knew that we would like the picture of Holy Abs to be completely shallow. <laughs> Lenny Kravitz, oh my God. In this, I, uh, I aims to please. Oh my He's gosh. 54. He, He's beautiful. Oh, he but looks remember, so much Lori, taller. In pictures. I know. Because <laughs> I was going to say, you remember, he goes up to your waist. He's petite. He's a petite man, but very... Very nicely built. He really is. Mm. All right, so when we come back, um, oh, for crying out loud, we have so much to discuss. It's going to be a chef's surprise. Okay, Lori, you like get it. to decide. I, All, right. I, I, All right, we'll be right back. Lori and Julie. Podcast in our studio is hot and sticky. Hot and steamy. <laughs> 
We are here to have fun today, people. Okay, so a couple Game of Thrones things, because I know you have not seen the finale I haven't yet. seen it, but I just broke down and read it. Okay, and fine. Of course, people are, I saw people were mad. Yeah, yeah, we still can't talk about it, because we have decided people need one week to see it. Okay. So yeah. that's our timeline. But I, we have you, other little... You'd have to stay off everything, everything, because it was everywhere, even in the headline. Game of Thrones fans massively disappointed. Well, you they've know. been disappointed all year. I know that's They've true. been disappointed all year. So here is Elizabeth Olsen, the younger sister of the Olsen twins, um, was interviewed recently. Um, she talked that about almost playing the Scarlet Witch Daenerys. No, her- she would have been Daenerys. She oh, would have been Khaleesi. Daenerys, yeah. She would have been Khaleesi. Yeah. Which was her Dothraki name. Yes. She auditioned for Khaleesi. Oh, my word. And she said, I had the most awkward audition I ever had. For her failure, at, when at first I was, it was when it, when I first started working, I just auditioned for everything because I liked to audition. We can discuss that in a minute. Mm-hmm. And I auditioned for Khaleesi. Uh, let's see what she says. See, she's the Scarlet Witch in the Avenger series. Got it. Thank you, yeah. Lori, for bringing that around. Mm-hmm. And they didn't know if they wanted a Brit- British accent or not. Oh, so okay. She did it in both accents, and I, it was just terrible. Anytime someone says bad audition story, that's the one that I remember. <laughs> Maybe she had a her bad embarrass- British accent. <laughs> her embarrassment did not stop her from becoming a mega fan of the show, which concluded last Sunday night. Um, and she just said, I just got so deep in Game of Thrones. That's all I can think about. Kid Harrington. I mean, he's just brainwashed me. <laughs> Jon Snow. And really, that was kind of the feeling on a lot of the talk shows Monday, Lori, yeah. is... Because you had Amy um, Robert, whatever her name is on Robach, Good Morning, Robach. Robach and Good Morning America, and a couple of those gals, and Savannah Guthrie, and um, did they all weigh in? No, they all just were depressed because it was over. Oh, just sad that this is it. Yeah, and um, and of course, Megan McCain went out and just told everyone how it ended. And Sunny Hostin is, is just sitting there like, "I'm only on the fourth season. What are you doing?" Well, what? you can't do Game of Thrones. But if someone's on the fourth season and it's wrapping up the end, that doesn't matter. They don't, there's spoiler, they don't get to be in the spoiler free. She had to apologize. Yeah, huh? She can't say it on national television. She had to right? apologize. Because oh, people Megan. were so yeah. upset at her. <laughs> yeah. So upset at her. Jason Momoa, he was just beautiful in the first season of yeah. Game of Thrones. Yeah, he really was. And Paul he, Drogo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he basically said... Um, his response to what was happening on the screen, let me get this straight. You're going to do what? The what? 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 Oh my God. What? <laughs> swear what? Words. We're going to go to the bars. <laughs> yeah, what? And we're going to fight. <laughs> I love you madly, baby. Oh, that episode killed me. Yeah. So he oh, well. and Jon Snow said, bleep, bleep, bleep. You people work so hard. And a lot of, of the main actors were so offended that people felt so strongly about it because they worked so hard. And of course yeah. there was water bottles in the finale. Plastic water bottles. Oh no! Yeah, so that was one of the other things. But I, um, I caught up last night on Fosse Verdon. Oh, isn't that good? Okay, Michelle Williams is amazing. Okay, she's, she's amazing. There's in one it. episode left, I think. Yep. I, I'm not caught up. I mean, I watched two last night. Yeah, but yeah, she, but it's a good show. She's amazing, and so you know, we have um, Renee Zellweger is talking about playing. Um, Judy Garland. Yeah. And I thought one of the keys are to, because Michelle Williams is wearing like a, a prosthetic mouth over her mouth that makes her look like her teeth go out more. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking that is what 
Renee Zellweger was wearing in her pictures too, kind of more of a mouth of a gummy smile. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and like yeah. sticking my teeth out. And so I'm seeing everyone running around with Invisaligns everywhere these days. And so it's the same. It's not as protruded, but yeah. I'm just kind of like, are you wearing those? Yeah. What you do know? you think of, um, what's his name? Who's playing Fosse? Sam Rockwell. Oh, yeah. Fabulous. That I show, but she is everything. She is. She is. She, she is, but don't discount him. No, no I'm not. I don't. No, I don't. I'm not. Partly, I think you discount you like his character. You don't like him, don't like even him. though we're finding out some of the things that are making him tick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> and, um, but it's amazing that nobody knows Gwen Verdon's name when she's so much a part of all this Nothing. Broadway musical, you know, history. Nothing and, about it. Yeah. So nothing about it. And then the other show that I finished last night, oh my word, dead to me. Yeah. <laughs> Did you like it with Christine Applegate? Oh, so good. Amazing. Yeah. It's so good, Lori. And it's only half an hour and it's only like eight episodes. Ten. ten? ten. Was it ten? Yep. That one was really easy. But yeah. Lisa, Lisa Crudel, um, from Friends, you know, Smelly Cat, Smelly Cat. Cat. She's got, she's going to be in, uh, has been cast in a Lee Daniels and Whitney Cummings comedy pilot, Good People from Amazon Studios. It's a half hour comedy that's going to revolve around three generations of women working in the ombudsman's office from a college and navigating the current cultural climate, the concept of feminism across different generations and the struggle to reconcile, blah, 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 blah. But remember, we used to have a budsman's at the papers. You had a budsman's at the university. Yeah. These are the people, the fact checkers. Yeah. They were the rule. Mm-hmm. They were the rule. Yeah, yeah, they investigate complaints and stuff like that. Yes, yeah. they were so good. And Kudrow will play Lynn Steele, the university obudsman, a tired, mercurial force of nature who finds herself being seen as out of touch by millennials, even though she's been a champion for women her entire career. This sounds kind of good. But she's been out talking on the circuit about her struggles working with the teeny, teeny, tiny, petite Jennifer Aniston and the teeny, teeny, tiny, petite Courtney Cox. Here you go. This morning, a shocking revelation from Lisa Kudrow opening up about how she struggled with negative body image issues while playing her role as Phoebe. Kudrow talking for the first time on Mark Marin's podcast, admitting being a celebrity hasn't always been easy, saying that during the show she regularly lost weight on purpose. You see yourself on TV, yeah. and it's that, oh my God, I'm just a mountain of a girl. I'm already bigger than Courtney and Jennifer. She's talking about her friend's co-stars, Courtney Cox and Jennifer Aniston, who she also happens to be friends with in real life. Bigger. Yeah. Like, my bones feel bigger. I just right. felt like this mountain of a woman yeah. next to them. I believe yeah, it. Yeah, and she goes on, and I heard um, the Today Show did a story on this as well, and they said that she would lose weight, and everyone would tell her how great she looked on TV. She just said, basically, the thinner you are, you look the better on TV. Yeah. It's just, Ooh. we know this from yeah. everyone you see. But she said when she was skinny, 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 she was always sick. She always had a cold. She always had a runny nose. She always had a sinus. There was something yeah. always wrong with yeah. her. Yeah. So her the payoff. Was begging you for food. It, it was begging her. And then, you know, in contrast, um, well, not in contrast, another, you know, body image thing came out this week when Jessica Alba talked about in her 20s, she kind of had a booty and she was a little more curvy than everyone else in Hollywood. And how she couldn't stand all the attention from men. Mm-hmm. And so she just basically starved herself, you know, oh, and just didn't eat gosh. and tried to get a little teeny because she couldn't handle. What's that thing with her and Moby? 
Oh, that's a that's different Natalie one. Portman. That's Natalie Portman. Oh, that's Natalie Portman. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Natalie Not Portman. Moby just released a book. And in the book, he talks about his relationship with Natalie Portman, which she says never happened. Oh. And I was 18 and you were 30. And that's pretty creepy that you even included me <laughs> to sell your book. Well, well that is that, you know, and then, but I... I read something at the airport right. that he then put Which airport were you in today? Yeah, Las Vegas, that he said maybe she doesn't want to remember, but we were in a relationship. He doubled down Ooh. on it on an Insta oh story. Oh. Um, and so, oh but he really maybe is she the has one who selective looks, memory. Well, and he is the, I mean, you know. He looks like a Leonardo DiCaprio. Well, kind of creepy, but, yeah. you know, she's like saying. In her mind, listen, it wasn't a relationship that we were having. Right? And I guess I believe Natalie about that more than I believe him. Because isn't part of his thing is that he's, you know, kind of... He's yeah, Icelandic, right? Moby? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know. But I, I, I think he is. Donnie, I think he's had issues. <laughs> yeah, I think he he's did had too, issues. So maybe if he was under the influence or something, right. I don't know. And he was chasing... Her and thinking that the time they of were spending we together was dating. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. He's American. Oh, he's American, <laughs> yeah. but he lives in Iceland, doesn't uh, he? Well, I don't know that. Something, yeah, somehow he's uh, the Icelandic You just connection. want him and Borg to be together, but they're not. <laughs> he's called Moby because his middle name is Melville, as oh. in the name of the man who yeah. wrote Moby Right. Dick. I'm going to come back and I'm going to tell you where he lives exactly in Iceland. Yeah, by the way, I went to, uh, my mom and I went to, uh, and now I see Lisa Vanderpump is in trouble today for uh, being mean on Twitter, but um, my mom and I, before we knew about this tweet, we were just in the la-la land of Las Vegas Monday. We didn't have a show to go to, and we decided not to go see strippers, and we decided let's go to... Um, Such a decision. To, yeah, I know. Ma, <laughs> let's see. You, everyone sits around with their mother at some point. Yeah, life, like, course. are we yeah. going to go to the Thunder Down Under? <laughs> Should we go to the Chippendales? Do Magic we want to see them go all the <laughs> way or right. just halfway? What did you guys decide to do? Well, we ended up uh, going to a Vanderpump cocktail garden, which Lisa opened yes. right at Caesars, right as the forum shops start. Is it nice? So it's, on, it's really Caesars sure. property. They don't, yeah, oh, it's beautiful. It's, you know, how she does beautiful. the tree. It yeah. really looked like you're an enchanted Garden. Oh, but pretty. I went back. They're just printing money there too. By the way, they just sell um, appetizers and all of these cocktails that are made special, so they can charge you like you know seventeen bucks, which I guess isn't too bad for a, a special cocktail in Vegas. You know, and, and then they had oh like, oh my gosh, yeah, isn't it just printing <laughs> money? And then they just have appetizers, and they're all like between eighteen and twenty five dollars, and there's no bathroom there because. I found out a nugget of information in a casino. If there is a bathroom within a hundred yards or feet from the casino opening, no, no, from from a, another restaurant, that restaurant doesn't have to put in a bathroom. Oh, how lucky for them! Because then oh. everyone has to walk all the way out and go to the casino. And casinos' bathrooms are always in the way, way back. Yeah, well, as long as they're so. But I, I was like, okay, there was something they didn't need to build. They basically just architectured the hell out of this space. Probably, I don't even know how big it is. It's not that big, and it just looks like magical. And no, so we we did we did have fun there. But now I see Lisa's in. What did trouble. she do today? Oh, oh she, yeah, she her did transphobic some... joke about Erica Jane. Um, yeah, she is not. Even though people, she really had to put out a big apology because people were really like offended. And when I read it, I just think, oh, I'm mad. I spent seventy five dollars there. I am, oh, well. All right. Well, there but we you go. went there and we had fun and then we gambled in Caesars and, 
you know, we were we were low key. At least my mom was in bed by ten on Monday night. I, of course, that was the night I was winning on Sex in the City machine. Just having a gay old time. I love that machine. I know. Oh my gosh, I haven't gambled in so long since last September. Feels like forever. Okay. Feels like forever. All right. So when we come back, um, I just want you to weigh in on this uh, Kristen Wig story and tell me what you guys think about it. And then are we going to hear from Howard Stern? Yeah. When do we hear from him? Okay. Do we want to hear from him right now? I do. We but just have a couple of things. I, I have Not a lot right to now. say. We got to go right now. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. let's go and we'll come back. Yes. And while you think, oh, I've heard everything Howard Stern has to say, no you really haven't. And last night he was on with Stephen Colbert. Which is a first. Yep, that he's been on that show. Colbert has been on with him a few times, but they really had a big connection the first time he was on because they didn't know each other. Right. And Howard... And, and Howard is so loyal to David Letterman. Yes, he was. And he has always talked about, like, he does, he gets anxiety about doing press, which is why he hasn't written a book for 20 years. He can't stand the glad handing. He doesn't know how to be a good guest. He, but so here's <laughs> how he handled it last night. Okay. He came out and he had a, he looked like um, Johnny Cash: black shirt, black, black tie, yeah. black vest, black blazer with the cuffs of his shirt rolled up around the nice. bottom of his base, blazer sleeve, black pants, his black beautiful shoes, hair. Back and he had on a, like a light sunglass, yeah. and he took the microphone and went over and started singing. Um, Howard Stern, Howard Stern's on with Stephen Colbert, Stephen Colbert. I'm here, I'm here. I wrote a book. I wrote a book. We're here to talk about the book. I wrote a book, 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 book. So it was come, like a Broadway. Come again, Howard Stern. Come again, Howard Stern. Not really, but no. he just took over the microphone because wow. he, yeah, he, he goes out there and he couldn't sit down and he had too much anxiety. So he's walking around and Stephen Colbert just goes, sits back at his desk and let him do his thing. Oh, I got to watch this. It's, it was really good because it was like the entire show, Laurie, yeah. after the opening monologue. So then... He talked about, um, you know, why he did this book. And um, we're going to listen to these two cuts and then what isn't there, I can fill you in because okay. it was a long interview. But Donnie played cut two first. Two? Yeah. Okay. About America's Got Talent? No, the other one. Oh, okay. All right. Number, I have right. them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the bottom one. Oh, uh, and I, I think this is the right one. Are you ever tempted? Do you ever find yourself sort of as a as a performer slipping into performance mode when you're in therapy? All the you time. You have to check yourself. Like, oh no, this is not. I'm not here to perform for this person. I'm here to be selfish for myself. He's very astute, the psychiatrist. He'll say to me, "I don't sense you're in the room right now." I get a lot of that because I do slip into a performance. So you know, I think I feel bad for him. I think I'm a very difficult person to have in psychoanalysis because I mean I do slip in and out and I'm testing the therapist all the time what do you mean I'll sit there and I'll I will purposely slip into a story or something to see if he catches it and he does every time he knows (laughs) and uh you're monologuing a monologue like a supervillain uh yeah 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 
Oh, that's and, funny. And and he said, you know, I am the I am a poster boy for therapy. I loved it. I never thought I would go, but I and he loved didn't it. go until he was like in his forties. Yes, yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. After his divorce, and what mm-hmm. kind of came out of that is he'd always say, "I'm fine, I'm fine," blah blah blah. And when he went in there, he was, you know, just talking to the therapist, and the therapist finally said, because he's talking about his mom doing this, and his dad doing that, and the therapist just said to him, you know. I don't think any of this is funny. Yeah, yeah. we've heard him. Uh, yeah. yeah, and he's yeah. like, I don't think that's funny. And so he talked about his need to try to make his mom laugh. Yeah. He was a very sad person. Mm-hmm. And her his dad was a radio engineer. And so mm-hmm. the only time you could really get dad's attention because he'd go to the studio with him because he filmed like these great radio programs. Yeah, so or, he learned how to do the board and do not, all the technical no, stuff? No, no, not, no that. not that. He He... Couldn't talk to his dad because his dad was so transfixed on the talent. Mm -hmm. Did you hear him say that? Did you hear him say that? And that was all his dad would talk about. So he was a loser as a kid, basically. He got bullied. He kind of stuck out like a sore thumb. Yeah. Tall and skinny with all that hair and stuff. And he said, I try to do different impressions of the neighborhood to get my mom to laugh because she was always so sad. Yeah, he would do other parents. Parents in the neighborhood sit down to the Mm -hmm. kitchen table. And then with the dad... Just, I knew the only way to get my dad's attention was to do uh, fake impressions of the people that he was filming, you know, he yeah. was doing. Yeah. And it was just kind of interesting. And so one of the things that struck me is he said, because I kept writing, I kept writing it down and, and Stephen Colbert goes, you know, you are known as America's greatest interviewer. And he goes, yeah, me and Terry Gross. <laughs> Did he say that? Yeah. yeah. I love it. And I said, okay, you know, and he's like, okay. What, what is it about your interview style that makes them so important? He goes, well, there's three keys to a great interview. Oh, I love it. I, I never it. got to the three. I have a page of notes. <laughs> I have two pages. I, I watched this listening. at 4 a.m. today. Yeah. Did he ever get to the three? Here's what I know. <laughs> okay. okay. He said. And she did take notes. I, okay. you, you don't <laughs> yeah. even know. Like yeah. two pages. Okay. But the thing that he did say is that. When you just have a conversation and take down all the walls, everybody's a human being and everybody has a story. But he didn't used to be that oh. way. Well, right. This is post-therapy. This is post-therapy. This is Howard Stern in the last 10 years. This is Howard Stern since he went to this thing called Sirius yes. Satellite Radio, Terrestrial Radio, where... And in his foreword in his book, because Donnie got us one copy to mm-hmm. share, he said one of the things, too, that led to the breakthrough in therapy you know, for him acknowledging that maybe he did need to do something about it, but that we're talking about Howard. Yeah. But when he went into doing something where, I mean, the FCC got after Howard Stern for using the word douchebag, for example, you know, this is like 25 years ago. So he said, so all of a sudden we go where nothing forbidden is forbidden. So it's like, what is the point of all the shock and jock and awe, all this stuff that I was doing where I wasn't listening and I was just attacking. And that's where he shares his, terribly painful story about what a you know had he was to robin williams yeah. and just the first thing he comes in the room oh so you're banging the nanny yeah the nanny got you to leave your your wife and you know i mean and that throws everything because then you can't go anywhere from there exactly yeah but that was his thing because he was like well shock i gotta i gotta shock. i was always thinking about what the audience wanted from mm-hmm. me and then I, we land over in this radio, this, what is really, I mean, the radio that Howard Stern built, if you yes. consider yep. that with, uh, yep. serious too, is that, uh, he didn't, 
he there was no one to get in trouble with. No. No. Or for, you know, yeah. and right. so he became like that kind of made him be better. Right. Right. Which is an interesting, yeah. you know, thing. And not that they don't like it. They know, still do their and funny stuff, stuff oh, and, they and they still do, do yeah. all that. But, but you know, once in a while he has great conversations. Oh, yeah. At least four times a week with yeah. somebody and always talking about getting. But I do think uh, he's is correct about, you know, the going to therapy if if you are just like struggling, it is you might take you one or two people or three maybe at the most, mm-hmm. but find somebody is so it helps you so much. Mm-hmm. I've never heard anyone say that, that didn't work. That therapy was bad for them, that you don't get one thing even if it's like going in a group. Right. Oh God. I, I was I remember I did a group. I was just stuck out like a sore thumb, Julia, because all these people were there trying to save their relationships and I knew I was out. You know, so I was a bad fit in that. Yeah, in that group because uh, you know, no, it's something, and and it's really kind of interesting when he says that. Are you monologuing? You uh-huh. know, the psychiatrist says. Yeah, it's really or the it's therapy, a good way it's of hard deflecting. to get real. Uh, totally. Oh yeah. Okay. And and I used to think I could kind of spin my wheels around the therapist. Yeah. And then it, just because I could manipulate people a little bit, I guess. I mean, you know, and then you're yeah. thinking I'm paying for this, right? <laughs> I want to get real, you right. know, get to the pain. Let's get through this. Yeah, I know it. But I just think he's such a great... We'll play the next one where he guy. talks about going on uh, we, time. We cannot. We don't we have enough time. time for that, sorry. Well, what's I'll he say about got, got going on America's Got Talent? He, he said just suddenly... For fun? Everyone, suddenly he wasn't a monster. He was a big teddy bear. Yeah, yeah okay. So, yeah. <laughs> and then I just... And he was a good judge. Yeah, and it was good for his image. Yeah. All right. Yeah, mm-hmm. All right. Well, I love Howard Stern. I do, too. Yeah, I bet that book is so good. It is good. Yeah. Well, you have to keep sharing stuff. I will. All right. We'll be right back with Rock and Roll Jeopardy.